Well, good morning. Because you see, I couldn't decide whether I needed to take my jacket off or leave it on. So I'm going to leave it right here. We'll see how this goes. All right. Just, it's one of those mornings, right? You, you think it's sunny, and then you walk out, and it's like a Winnie the Pooh tail. It's like you're just, ah! you know, you're just flying around. Goodness gracious. Well, we're, at, we're in a two-week series on relationships. We got real creative with this title. Real creative. All right? And uh, it's because we're trying to be simple. We're trying to be super simple. Um, and I'm hoping today um, that you will have a chance to realize there are some simple choices you can make in all relationships that determine the quality of it. There are some simple... Now, now you can't control everything. But as far as it is by you, you can do some simple things that control the quality of the relationships that you're experiencing. And so today, um, I need you to just chill out a little bit, because this isn't going to feel like a traditional sermon, all right? This is going to feel a little different. It's going to feel a little bit more like toned down and simple, and it's intentional. Uh, I was talking with Jed last night. And I was like, I'm just trying to say one thing well. And that is so incredibly complicated. Let me just tell you that. Because saying something so that you walk out of here and you remember one thing is like really hard. Because I like to say lots of things really fast for a long time. And then you get confused and you go, I don't know if I remember this and that. So we're just going to learn one thing today, okay? We're going to learn one thing. I'm not going to tell you yet because then you could tune out, all right? I know how this works. So we're going to get there. But we're going to start by talking about this. In relationships, all right, conflict is a constant, all right? In relationships, conflict is a constant. And if we don't talk about that, we are missing the fact that conflict is actually a present tension in all relationships, in all relationships. So let's just get some relationships out in the open, because a lot of times we just use our own context, okay? So if we're married, just immediately go to. But there are plenty of us in here that do not have marital relationships or have plenty of relationships other than being married, all right? So let's just talk about some single people in here, all right? Raise your hand real quick if you're single. Raise your hand. Look around, all right? Look around. Yeah, make some eye contact. It's okay. There you go. Good. You might have just met them. There we go. You're welcome. All right? Hey, single people in here, all right? You got relationships too. All right? You might have a roommate. Could be some conflict there. All right? Uh, you might have some friends at work, all right, that you're like, oh, yeah, a little bit of conflict. All right? Uh, there might be uh, some family relationships. All right? Don't make eye contact. You'll blow yourself right now. Don't, don't do it. All right? There, there are plenty of different relationships that sometimes define this, that remind us that no matter where we go, we can't escape it whether it's an acquaintance that we have for one semester in a college or high school class, or whether it's someone we do life with for our entirety of a season or even to death, there's, there's just this constant reminder that conflict is a part of that. It's absolutely a part of that. And so what I want to try to do, what I want to attempt to do, is give you a tool now, this is 101, and some of you have spent some time uh, doing some counseling with me, or you spent some time just one-on-one -on -one with me, some, some issues maybe with a friend or a family member or in your marriage. This is the first thing I go to. So you're getting like behind-the-scenes 101 communication stuff today, all right? This is where I want to teach you about conflict. Conflict is most of the time a problem because it's undefined. 
We don't know what we're fighting about. We just know we're unhappy. We're frustrated. We see and we observe and we experience, and then all of a sudden we're just like, whoa, 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 what's happening? I'm frustrated. I'm angry. I'm disappointed. I'm let down. And so what ends up happening, whether it's a friend or a spouse or a coworker, or you, you end up having these emotions and you're not sure what to do with them. You end up having these responses and you're not sure what to do with them. And then you're stuck. What do I do? What are we really fighting about? And so conflict, I'm hoping today to give you a little bit of a tool to deal with it. So if you're married, nudge your spouse, say, listen. You need this. All right, now you need help with conflict. I just helped you. Pay attention. Because if you did that, now you're fighting. So we're, we're perfect. All right? Let's talk about conflict. First thing I want to talk about is two different ideas, but one thought. All right? It's the conflict of this. What am I expecting? Or what we expect is a part of conflict. And then what we experience is also part of conflict. Think about this for a second. What I expect to happen in a certain situation, verbiage, language, tone, attitude, work, right? What I expect to happen, and then when I experience something contrary to that, can we define that as conflict, all right? Put you what you expect and then put what you've experienced and that would be the last time you've probably had some conflict. Does that make sense? So I'm, I'm calling this sermon, it may not even by my own terms, I looked it up, I've been using all kinds of different people, but this is, this is the concept here. What we're going to talk about is this. Expectations are what we... All right, so put that next slide up so we can see it. So there's your expectations, there's what you experience, and then there's this thing in between. There's this thing in between called the gap. And so this sermon's called Mind the Gap. Mind the Gap. So let's just, let me just explain to you how this works. And some of you have already put these into the equations. Let's just go with a simple one, okay? You are uh, newly married, okay? Newly married. All right, some of you, that's an exciting news. Other of you... Think back to it, all right? You can get there, all right? You're newly married, and the expectation is you will come home straight from work, and it's a five-minute drive. I will see you at 5.05, and dinner will be on the table, all right? Expectation. Beautiful expectation, right? In walks Joe Schmo, Trevor Jr., all right? At 5.32, what you experience. Now, as all of us can see, this is a gap, all right? 505, 532. Now, I wish it was as easy as sometimes just 22 minutes or whatever it is. All right, I can't do it. 17. You guys are going to cut me on my math. 27. Oh, gosh, this is bad. We've already missed it. We're having a conflict. Expectations. Good math skills. So, we already can tell this is a problem of 27 minutes that we've just learned. And we can tell that that's not really what we're fighting about. Or is it? So here's, here's what I want to explain to you. See, maybe whoever's at home, whether it's the husband or wife, 
did not communicate that the 505 was the expectation. Maybe it was just assumed that it's a five-minute drive, you get off at five, I'm assuming you're going to be home at five o'clock. Right? Maybe said person who got off work assumed that that was a loose idea. That, 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 that's an understanding, but that, that there's grace because work has to happen and I wanted to get it done so I could come home and unplug. And so I took a little longer. Or maybe there was a flat tire. Or maybe they just forgot and their phone was dead. Now, why this is really important is because this newlywed couple could have a fight in completely different places on this thing. Let me give you an example. Joe Schmo Trevor Jr. comes in at 532, and the Katrina Jr. is uh, rightly so, all right, a little frustrated, all right? So, you're going to be home at 505. I did? I don't remember. I wrote it down. I have a voice recording of you saying you were going to be home at 5.05, right? Now, this is totally hyperbole. This didn't really happen. But she knows she would need that in order to prove to me that I, <laughs> that I did say it. All right? Now, at that point, where are we fighting? No, 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 in the home. Great idea. That's geographically, you're probably right. That's dead right. I'm so glad you're paying attention. Thomas, boom. All right? But here's the thing. We are fighting about what we both experienced because she has proven we both agreed on the current expectations. The expectations were agreed upon. There's evidence to prove it. So we're not fighting about the expectations. Now we're fighting about what we've experienced that's different than what we expected. So guess what? Guess what my next statement is? Um, I brought dinner home. And I surprised you. Oh. Right? Oh, that's so sweet of you. That's nice. What'd you bring? Taco Bell? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, that, that, do you get... So here's the problem. Here's what would happen. If, if they don't do a good job of doing this, guess what ends up happening? He doesn't sure that they've actually defined the expectations. So he doesn't know why she's upset because 505 was a mythical thing that never really existed. She's actually mad because what she's experienced is what she thought was the trust that was built in the expectations that were set is now fractured in the experience that she has. And I know at this point... Anyway, follow that. I hope you follow that. All right. So here's the concept. Are you ready? They're fighting in the wrong place. He's fighting for her to just understand that he never agreed upon the expectations. She's fighting to say, but you, you said you would do this and you didn't. And that fight could go for years. And they're trying to find a solution for something that's not possible. Because they haven't figured out what they're even fighting about yet. So here's the truth. All of us have our own expectations. And these expectations for every relationship in our life are most of the time predecided 
past experiences, past understandings of what's socially right are valid in the way to do something. And then we all have interactions with people, sometimes explicitly stating our expectations, but most of the time, let's be honest, we don't sit our best friends down and go, hey, now listen, punctuality is a big deal to me. And if you're late, I'm going to come at you. We don't do that. And so we have these expectations, and then we experience something different, and then we attack. We come at people, right? We get frustrated. There's conflict. We can't control what other people do. You know that. You are not able to control. You have influence, but you cannot control. So setting expectations takes great communication and it takes forethought. You cannot go back and previously set undetermined expectations. You have to do that in the foreground. But then also when we're experiencing something different than what we expected, it is our job to fill in that gap. To fill in that gap. Gap. That is yours and my decision in all conflict. What goes before? In our house, we have it like this. What is your second response? Okay? You get a freebie on the first response. All right? The first response is a freebie because most of us don't have a great first response. Let me give you a personal example of first responses not being legitimately what I want. I bought a TV from Walmart. Some of you have heard the story. Bought a TV from Walmart. It was one of those unboxed ones, all right? I had to have it. They do that to you. They put it right by the register, all right? I had the money. It was unboxed. It looked nice. It was cheap enough for me to afford. So I took it home, and I plugged it in, and it was terrible, and I didn't like it at all. And so I went, I'm going to take it back. And as I went to take it back, I caught my arm on the fridge, and I proceeded to javelin stone toss a brand new TV across my tile floor in the kitchen. And my wife was standing there. We've been married for 12 years. Almost. And her first response was, Trevor! What are you doing? And then we locked eyes. And she could tell I was already crushed. I needed no pounding. I was devastated. So her second response was, oh, that's terrible. And just walked out of the room. Now, second response, right? In the moment, most of us, our first responses are just, right? And then, calm it back down. Bring it back down. Remind myself, this is the gap. Remind myself, this is the gap. I did not expect you to throw a TV. I'm experiencing something very different right now than what I was expecting to go on in this relationship. And defining it. I really think that's how we do what Paul is asking us to do in Romans chapter 12. When I read Romans chapter 12, and I read these simple little verses, uh, they seem so easy, but then I remind myself that there's always a gap. And sometimes it's difficult. And sometimes it's easy to laugh and it's easy to think about it, but man, when a marriage is on the line, when a friendship's on the line, when, when Thanksgiving's got a little bit quiet, 
when things are a little bit tense, when there was nothing but conversation and openness not too long ago, we have to remind ourselves that there is a responsibility in our own hearts to mind the gap. So here's what Paul says in chapter 12, verses 17 and 18. He says this, uh, Do not repay evil, but be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. I love this little phrase. See, this is Paul knowing you don't have control. You you see that? Because it says, if it is possible, you cannot control someone else's gap. You, You can't jump into someone else's linear expectations and experiences and can think you can control it. But if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace. Live at peace with everyone. Now, where that strikes me is multiple places. The first one is this. Uh, Do what is right in the... uh, Live at peace with who? Everyone. Oh! (laughs) I wish that was just a different word, right? Like, what if it was just most? That'd be better. Just like, do what is right in the eyes of most people. And you know, live in peace, you know, like more than less. Wouldn't that make it easier to read? But it's not. Uh, I tried to look it up in the Greek to see if it would change the translation, and it didn't, didn't change it. It's still everyone, which was disappointing, but also convicting. You know, when it says right in there, in the eyes, it, that is not by what other people have agreed to. That is the value at the center of what is most important. That's the conversation of, like, what we talked about the last series. This is the idea of, like, being trustworthy and honest. Like, nobody's going, you know what, that's a terrible value. <laughs> so when it says do what is right in the eyes of everyone, that's saying do the things that there are no laws against such things. That's what's right. Just in case you're wondering, that's always what's right. (laughs) And then living at peace. That word peace. You know, there are plenty of places in the world right now that have partides for peace. That is that there's still conflict, but there's still an operating system that allows for the gap to be managed in such a way that it doesn't remain in conflict. I wonder how many of us recognize that as far as it depends on you, that's your responsibility in any relationship to manage your gap well. To bring peace. That I hope you remember, but you may not, but I hope you do. The quality of a relationship is determined by the ability to mind the gap. The quality of a relationship is determined by the ability to mind the gap. You will only have relationships to the intimacy of the level that you are able to mind the gap well between what you expect and what you experience. Now, I'm going to lean in just a little bit into marriage just for a second. If you're single, don't tune out, all right? You could be married someday. But listen to me. 
the quality of your marriage is on the line in this. Your ability to recognize that you have your own expectations of what he or she should be doing, how they should be talking, how things should be going. I, I looked up a quick list of the top 10 reasons that people get divorced, and like six of them, just look at these six, this blew my mind. Money, children, sex, irritating habits, household responsibilities, um, and then work. Money, children, sex, irritating habits, household responsibilities, and then work. Just think about how intentional you have to be just in those six areas about expectations. One of the biggest things it said about children is that there's a way that when you have kids that you parent the way you were parented and you don't talk about the differences. So suddenly your kid gets old enough to discipline and you're like, we spank, right? And they're like, never! And you're like, wait. I married you? Money's the same way. You grew up in a household that spends, you grew up in a household that saves, and you get a little money and they're like, let's spend it all. And you're like, what? Who are you? That's not what we do. How about household responsibilities? You get married a little, you get down the road a little bit, all of a sudden you're like, hey, you've never done a dish in your life. Do you recognize that? I don't know if I've agreed to that expectation that you would not do a dish our entire marriage. And it's sad to think that an unfilled dishwasher, that not vacuuming floors, that a lack of communication and an ability to mind the difference between what we expect and what we experience could be the downfall of one of your strongest relationships. But I'm telling you, the quality of your relationships is determined by your ability to mind this gap, to take care of it. So what do we do with it? This is true. In all relationships, I'm going to teach you one thing. We're going to put something in that gap that will always work out in our favor, but not always be painless. Okay? Because conflict, most of the time, let's just be real, it's like two things that don't get along rubbing together. All right? There's just some natural pain and friction. We're going to put in between our expectations and what we experience, we're going to put believe the best. Now, I know some of you in here, you're like, you are the optimist, okay? I am glass half empty. I cannot believe the best. I have a motto. It's called believe the worst and stay safe, right? Assume all of it's crumbling, stay safe. But that's not the way this works. Believing the best does something incredible to the relationship. Believing the best proves that the relationship is worth trusting and investing in and believing in. Even when things at the time may not be what you expect and what you experience may tell you contrary, you are choosing to believe and to trust in the relationship. Let's go back to our scenario. Okay? Newlywed. 27. Walked in the door. This response. Sweetie, are you okay? I was worried. I knew that if you were this late, something must have come up. Is everything all right? 
oh crap. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> what did I agree to? <laughs> Think about that conversation. I might even get a clear moment of memory. Think about it. Oh, I forgot to text you. I, I had this idea to get you dinner and to not make you cook tonight. And so I ran by Taco Bell. I know it's, not, I know it's silly. I know it's not that romantic. But I thought it would be nice to, have, to give you a night off tonight from preparing the meal. Oh, I wish you would have texted, but that's so sweet. Did you give me the uh, thing I like? No, I forgot. I just got what I got and got two of them. <laughs> Keep it accurate, all right? We can't just say, like, it's just, you know. <laughs> For relationships that are a little bit on the fringes, that maybe trust has been broken and there's been some extended conflict, think about this does for another person to help lift them up and give them an opportunity and, and to trust that maybe there are some things that are not controllable in their life that have had an effect on your decided expectations. Also, think about it if you believe the best and then you recognize that you're the one that forgot to make the expectations clear. You don't look like an idiot 10 minutes into the conversation because you're like, oh yeah, I never told you what I wanted. I forgot. And think about this too. It, it helps create an environment where you can actually figure out what you're fighting about. Because if I just go, what? I just drove wherever I wanted and then came home when I wanted. Like, like there's an easy moment to go, that's nice. Uh, however, I need you to like do what you said you're going to do. And when you wait 20 minutes, it makes me worry. And you don't text and you don't call, I, I get concerned. What changes in the midst of this is it, it, it places in them the opportunity to have a transparent and uplifting moment rather than coming in guns blazing. and t It's a selfless act when you have the opportunity in that moment to demand and be selfish. It's an act of total surrender and asking where the other person's at. And I know for, for, for most of us in this room, when you run this through like the normal game, I know this is like one of those things that's easy to just go, <laughs> yeah, right. But if you would try this, I mean, try this, what this would change. So here's the thought with that. If we're going to believe the best, believe the best until you hear the rest. I know it's a stupid little thing that could fit on Instagram, all right? Just go with it. It rhymes. It works. Believe the best until you hear the rest. If you hear the rest, you guys, and someone's just being flat, not smart, choosing selfishness, choosing to go against, this is not a free reign equation for them to just go willy-nilly and do whatever they want. This is an opportunity for trust to be restored and for the relationship to move forward, but not at the expense of talking about the truth of what's really happening. You're believing the best until you get the full picture, until you get the full story, until you get a chance to sit down. And that means, look, for those of you that didn't work, you have to have some hard conversation. 
If it's a work scenario and you're working with someone and you're like, I would rather put up with their stuff than have the hard conversation. If it's a family member that is just constantly doing something that just irritates you, you got to decide, is it worth it to have the conversation or should I just stop whining? Because there's only two choices in that. You can choose to have the conversation and find out, oh, this is just their expectations. This is just what they do. So what I'm experiencing is their expectations that they've agreed upon and they don't need my permission to change them. So this is just who they are. Great, okay. That's where boundaries come in, right? So you get to choose some healthy choices there to go, okay, yeah. I mean, just, just think about it, if a negative I mean, deceptive, broken person came into your life that wanted to be close to you. And you had the ability to set boundaries that were healthy. Wouldn't you do it? The question is, would you do what's hard, but you know what is right? If they were selling drugs or doing something illegal, you would naturally just make that boundary very apparent. But for whatever reason, something that's a little bit more hidden, like not shared values... Like, guys, look, the guys that tell the jokes at work, that tell you the stories, that show you the things, pull you in, mm, draw a boundary. Ladies, the gossip, define the expectation. I'm not just trying to pick about ladies gossip. I know guys were the same way. We just say it in fewer words. It's true. But look, define the expectation about who and how we talk about other people and then hold people accountable about it or cut them out because they do not. They do not need to be in That is not a part of a healthy relationship. The quality of your relationship will always be determined. You can only go so far with people that will not let you set up trust. If there's not established trust, the relationship can only go so far. But if you have the ability, and it's in your power, as far as it depends on you, we have to manage this well. Believe the best until you hear the rest. Three quick tips as you're trying to do this in the world. Three quick tips. You ready? Emotions are great motivators, terrible leaders. All right? Emotions are great motivators, terrible leaders. When you get in a conflict with someone, just remember this. All right? You will get frustrated. You will have all that stuff just whelm up, and you will be like jet fuel. Right? Terrible leader. You better define the direction. All right? Before you let emotions take the wheel. The second one is this. Listen to understand, not to be polite. Yeah, man, that, that, that would just sink in. Listen to understand, not to be polite. No, it, it's, not, it's not a game of, like, who can get the first kill shot in the conversation, right? All right, my turn. Clack. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. Clack, clack, clack. Okay, cool, cool, cool. That's not how it works at all. <laughs> Listening is receptive. One of the greatest tech, I mean, this is a crazy little physical thing you can do, and you keep your feet flat on the ground, and you just turn your palms like this when you listen to someone. 
Anatomically, it's actually impossible to stay very frustrated. It actually calms your pulse and it drops your emotion level. It's kind of weird. You should try it sometime. You know what we naturally watch people do when they get frustrated? You ever seen this? I want you the next time you get like this to go, oh no, I gotta at least try it. I'm listening. If you don't think this changes the way you talk and your attitude, don't be surprised if this changes it too. Listen to understand, not to just be polite. And the last one, I hope you'll take this. Avoid the temptation of assumption. Avoid the temptation of assumption. There is going to be a temptation with your work, with your friends, with your spouse to just go in willy-nilly and go, oh, I got this all figured out. Come on home. I'm ready. You won't say that, but you will be ready. Avoid that temptation. Believing the best, put that aside. Put that aside. Listen, and do not let your emotions take you somewhere. They're terrible leaders. Great fuel, terrible leaders. Listen well. Model what you've learned. Believe the best. Jesus believed the best in you. He minded the gap. There was a set of expectations that you and I, we couldn't do it, but he said the relationship was worth it. And though what he experienced on the cross was so far from the paradise he decided that he wanted for us. He decided to come down and to mind that it gives us a chance to have the highest of quality of relationships with him. I hope as you go forth that you will remember this. Believe the best. Mind the gap. Believe the best. Mind the gap. What I expect. What I experience. Let's do that. Live at peace. Not repay evil, but live like our Heavenly Father in love. Pray with me.